0: The following guided meditation was given at Common Ground Meditation Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Hopefully not too many, or maybe none of you, showed up last week. And if you did, sorry that you didn't get the message. And it means probably you're not on the Buddhist studies email list, or you didn't register for the class um, with your email. So in that case, you're the only people who need to sign in. So if you signed in, but you're already receiving the Buddhist studies emails, put a line through your name, because it would just save me time adding your email address if you don't need to have your email address added to the uh, Google group. But if you haven't been in Buddhist studies before, or for whatever reason you're not, you didn't receive last week or this morning an email from the Buddhist studies, then Make sure your email is printed neatly so I can see it or read it correctly um, on the sheet on that small um, table or cabinet in the lobby. That would be great. And you probably noticed there are a few um, extra articles that I had printed many years ago on the five faculties. So if anybody wants to take those extra articles, feel free to. But as I was about to say, I really like And I'm training myself at the beginning of programs and retreats to do what we could call a deeper welcome. And in a way, although I'm up here saying these words, it's really, I think, an invitation for all of us to acknowledge that we're coming together. And in this acknowledgement that we're all coming together to do this work together, that uh, everybody's bringing different stuff to this room right now. You know, our life histories, the communities that have conditioned us, the the different experiences we've had as a human being. And for some of you, it's one of the easiest things in the world to walk into this room. You feel at home, you feel like you belong. And probably there are people here who don't have that experience of feeling like you belong or feeling like it's a safe space. And so I'm asking myself and all of us together to welcome each other, which means to do what we can to make it a safe space for each other. And a lot of that isn't so much about like what we do, but it's more about, really in line, I think, with this practice, waking up. A lot of it is waking up to what we're not aware of in terms of how we perpetuate Separation and discomfort and oppression, even. Even though, of course, on the surface, we may not be intending to make people uncomfortable or feel like they don't belong. It does happen. And so it really requires a lot of humility and common ground, the organization, the board, the staff, our leadership are really committed, even though, you know, over our history, we've been pretty much a white middle class organization um, that's not our wider community and those of us who have found real value in these practices really want, I mean people can show up or not but we don't want people to not show up because they don't feel safe here for whatever reason that might be. We're really trying to be attuned. So I just know that, that you know some of these words might relate to some of us who aren't seeing, you know, or beginning to see what we haven't seen, but also people who um, have wanted to dig into these teachings but didn't feel like your place or didn't feel like you belonged here. And just uh, as best we can, we're really working on that, and we appreciate your feedback. So if there's anything that isn't making, isn't helping you feel safe here, find your way to let us know. Gabe is taking the class. You can check in with Gabe at the back of the room. He's been quite involved in our efforts at the center. And of course you can connect with me. So uh, I'll say a little bit more about the nuts and bolts, but why don't we do some meditation? And I thought with this uh, particular teaching on the five faculties, which really covers the whole path. It's just a different way. The Buddha you can think of the Buddha's teachings as different maps, but really the maps cover the same territory. But you know, we have so many different personalities the Buddha ran into in his 40-some years of teaching. So different maps work better for some people, and other maps work better for other people in terms of how we talked about the mind, how we talked about the experience of suffering, how we talked about, pointed to the release of that suffering. So this map that we'll be talking about these 11 weeks of five faculties it's really a map in, in part at least that talks about balance. About certain um, qualities or potentialities of the mind that have been developed and brought into balance and become a dominant presence in our hearts and minds. You know just like i could strategically whip up a lot of rage you know keep bringing certain images certain ideas to mind and then rage would become a dominant force in my mind and it would have some coherence it would sort of hold itself together you know these patterns these attitudes or ways of relating they they can then become eventually self-reinforcing both the negative not so wholesome and the wholesome So this set of five, sometimes called controlling faculties, dominating faculties, right? where it's a set of wholesome qualities that we strategically develop. We build the momentum. And then when they work together in a balanced way, the mind has a lot of resilience. It has this integrity. One image is like it's not easily toppled over. You know, if we have something with a very small base and a very wide top, very easy to topple over. If we have something like a pyramid with a really wide base and a small top, not so easy to tip over. And that's the image, that kind of image. So I thought to begin, it might be nice to do a meditation on balance. and In the Buddhist sense, that usually means reflecting on equanimity as a meditation theme. So let's do that together. And as most of you know, we chant the refuges and precepts. Why don't you wait one second? Uh, thanks, Charlene. And then maybe after the chant, you can dim the lights. So let's do this chant. And I'll talk a little bit more about this in the weeks ahead when we talk about confidence and faith as the first of the five faculties that we'll be discussing these 11 weeks. But uh, it's just our habit here at the Buddhist Studies because regardless of where Buddhism has gone, these teachings of the Buddha have gone, they've chanted these three refuges in the Pali language or the related Sanskrit language um, for a long, long time. And so we're going to tie in or connect with the lineage in this way. Of course, you can think of the Buddha as a human being and the Dharma as the teachings of this particular human being and the Sangha as those people who have energetically done their best to follow these teachings. But it's really more helpful usually to think of it in an inner sense. So the Buddha is this potential that's right here to be fully, clearly, in a relaxed way, awake, sensitive, and dharma, dhamma, is the way, waking up to the way it is. So what we're sensing through the six sense gates, the five physical senses and knowing the mind. So we that awakeness, that clear, not afraid mind, being intimate with what's moving in terms of sight and sound and smell and taste and touch, emotion and thought, That's Buddha. We take refuge in the mind that can be awake to the way it is, to what the heart, the body, mind is sensitive to. And in that intimacy, we also take refuge in the skillfulness, the nimbleness, the creativity, the appropriateness of our then response or engagement, precisely because of the intimacy of Buddha knowing Dhamma, Buddha waking up to the way it is, to what's being felt, what's coming and going here and now. Then there's a possibility of relating, engaging, responding in really beautiful, appropriate ways. We could never plan how to be skillful, you know, in all the different things that show up in our lives. But we can develop, we can build the momentum in the Buddha knowing Dhamma. And it just really supports saying the right things, refraining from doing things, laughing when that's appropriate, crying when that's appropriate. So we don't have to figure out how to be a good human being or a skillful human being. Because Sangha is really the expression of Buddha knowing Dhamma. So it's just sort of a short code for this path of awakening Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha. And traditionally you chant each of those, taking refuge in each of those three aspects of the path three times. That's the tradition. And we'll do that. And we do it slowly because another thing that's really nice in terms of the work we're doing together, we're building community. It really supports the integrity of our practice knowing that we're part of this 11-week class. I'll talk more about that after uh, we're done with the meditation. And it just so happens. I mean, they have now in Western psychology experiments that demonstrate this: when a group of people do something together, they feel safer and they feel like they belong together. Just and it doesn't actually matter much what they do together. I could say, "Let's do this. Let's do this." What's that? Simon says, you know. And singing is a nice thing because it can be beautiful. So we slow it down so we can really sense that we're singing together when we do this chant. And if you haven't done it before, you'll pick it up. Just listen more than sing. And then after a couple weeks, you'll probably have it down. But just keep the sheet with you. Put it in your pocket. Bring it back next week if you're brand new to this. So let's chant the three traditional Buddhist refuges now.